This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Here we are. You're in a good mood. You're uh, in a good mood. Um, I'm a, I'm in a in a frantic mood. I'm all it's over because the place. you're you're you've got too much freedom right now. I got too much freedom. Your arms are all out because mm-hmm. you're wearing a tank. Yeah, I'm wearing a tank. It looks like a. In fact, I know it to be a converted T-shirt. Yeah, because I remember when you bought the T-shirt. And it says Beastmaster on it. Beastmaster. Yeah. So you're, I think you're, that's what you're feeling. You're feeling the cosmos mm-hmm. penetrating a larger majority of your body. Yes. 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 And and I assume you're in George's. Um, I'm in what I call my pajama George. Okay. Yep. Um, which I'm is... actually um, weirdly familiar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah. I used to come to your house mm-hmm. every Thursday night to record. Mm-hmm. It's like the jorts that are like so torn up that they like they feel like pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, casual jorts. Casual jorts. Uh and that's why you're feeling so exposed. It's why you're feeling so loosey goosey. It's yep. why you're feeling so wet, wild, wacky. It is also one hundred and five degrees today. And the boy and I just went for a pretty lengthy walk outside. Okay. Well, how's your boy? Boy is well. Good. What's new? Nothing, man. He's a fucking baby. It's just like he's a baby. He we've can't worked do anything on, new. We've we started working on his um, potato lifters. What's that? We're doing nonstop nanny interviews because uh, when you live in New York City, the only way to care for a child is to hire someone literally full time to come into your home and watch your baby. Yeah, and it's an insane amount of money that I've never thought I would spend on anything in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, like me and my wife, who are average people. It just have to somehow find this money to pay for a, uh, someone to come into our house and watch our baby every day. I think you and your wife are exceptional people. And the people that we've – so the way you do it when mm-hmm. you live in New York City is you find another couple who's about the same height level of poverty, I mm-hmm. guess, th- as you. Mm-hmm. And you say, let's go in on this together. Oh, yeah. And we found a couple, and they have a baby who's a month older than Miles. Mm-hmm. And she can, like, essentially stand. Oh, yeah. She needs support, obviously, but, like, she's really good at standing. So I felt threatened by this, and I've been training Miles since we met this young woman. Mm-hmm. And getting what we call, we call him his potato lifters. Okay. Because he is, the visage he has taken on mm-hmm. recently is not unlike a potato. Right. He looks like a potato. He's kind of got like a, a roundness to him and kind of like a pudginess to him that is reminiscent of a potato. Right. Making his legs potato lifters. Mm, that makes sense. So we do like 20 reps of 10 every day of potato lifting. That's good. Because you don't want to get, try to get his shown up by this other child. His neck, it's like mm-hmm. fucking bridge cables. Okay. Yeah. You haven't seen a more swole neck on a three month old in your life. We did a nanny share, but the other people in our nanny share fired us. <laughs> Why? What did you do? Um, she thought that 
while she liked us very much. I'm trying to get the exact quote. She felt that we had different priorities in terms of raising our children. Okay, and what what was that? Did she get specifics? <laughs> no, I don't know what the fuck that is. He was like eight months old. Like, what the fuck? What it, My priority was that somebody fucking look after him. <laughs> on what things did you guys disagree? I don't know. I don't know. Huh, I think she, weird. there's like a lot of, you'll probably get into this. There's a lot of like sick blaming that happens amongst parents. Well, Miles is currently sick. So I've actually missed all the nanny interviews because I've yeah. been at home taking care of the boy. Yeah. There's a um, lot of that. There's a lot of like who's sick and who isn't. There's a lot of politics around who's sick. I think like the thing is, everyone's always sick when yeah. you're that age. Yeah, exactly. What do you want me to do? And Jamie and Miles, they're like fucking vectors. Like, yeah. No. If, Children the government, are... if whoever comes to the U.S. looking for who caused the big one, yeah, it's I'm Jamie point and right Miles. To Jamie and Miles. Don't look like, at me. These two are always fucking like, sick. Yeah, I got it too, but I, <laughs> I didn't start it. I got it from yeah. this fucking pair. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. This has been Dead Talk. I like saying it together. Yeah. Um. And, but that's not why we're here. Uh, increasingly, it is. <laughs> that's true. Um, hi, hi. And why? Why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And the reason that we are here is the same reason that we are here every week, which is to discuss a great mystery in the great mystery cycle by the great mystery herself and Mystery Martin. And the great mystery that we are discussing this week is the great mystery known as Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 29, Stacy and the Fashion Victim. Not since Mm. I gave birth to my beautiful baby boy. Mm. Have we been on a death march? <laughs> quite, quite like the one. The we're likes on. of which we are on right now. Yeah, yeah. And we are on the near. We're on the penultimate record. Yeah. Of a four a week, four episodes a week, two week run of recording for the last it's, two weeks. It's I see the finish line and it's feeling good. It's a lot. I read three Babysitters Club or Babysitters Club adjacent books today. Right. We're both going on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So we got I'm going for a week and you're going for two weeks and it just made sense to just bang out a bunch of episodes before yeah. we left. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good that I like these books and I genuinely yeah. like the material right. because if I didn't, it would be hellish. Right. It would be truly hellish. No, it's fun. I like it. And it, it also sort of like lends a, a loopiness. Yeah. We're also recording a little bit later than usual tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm alone in the co-working space. Uh, last time that happened, you got haunted. Yeah. Well, I'm alone in terms of like organic, sentient, living human right. beings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to clarify that. Right. But anything could happen tonight. You're corporeally alone. I am a corporeally alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you? Um, I am. Well, uh, no, I've got, I've got a couple, a few bodies inhabiting this house. There's a body of my. I just a weird way to open uh, describing someone. That my wife is here, my child is here, and my two body of your wife, the body of your child, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and my and body of work, body, yeah, and your body of work, yeah, which is my my creativity writ right. large, uh, my corpus. Um, what we do is that we talk about these books. This week we read a book called Stacy and the Fashion Victim. It was fine. 
It was good. It yeah. was fun. We had fun. It was it was a root and tootin' hoedown of a mystery. Yeah, it was a root and tootin' hoedown of a mystery. That is a technical term, and I think it's actually it was written in the blurb on the back of this book. Root and tootin' yeah. hoedown of mystery by Ellen Miles. She really... it was just like it was like a mystery. It was like, hey, yeah, who did who done this one? Shit is happening. Yeah, we need to figure out who did it. Who done it? Who done it? Yeah, who's the fashion and victim? Who's the fashion victim and who's the fashion perpetrator? Perpetrator. Yeah. And that's what we're going to dig into today. We're going to talk about fashion perps and the oft-neglected victims of fashion crimes this week. Speaking of victims of fashion crimes, mm. how are those guns feeling? What? Breezy, huh? These, gu- these guns are fine. I have a question about the shirt that you've clearly altered from a t-shirt into a tank top. Okay. Did you sew? You've, you've widened the neck. You gotta widen the neck when you make it. Otherwise, if you keep the like neck part, it looks really stupid. I've learned this right. the hard way. You've widened the neck and you've yeah. brought in the sh- the arms to be yeah. tank. Yes, mm. but it looks as though it's been folded over and sewn into like a neat brim. Is that the case, or did you just cut it? No, I just cut it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, what a remarkable cut. Thank you. You're like uh, you're like a craftsman. You're yeah. like um. You're like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in... Um... Lincoln? No. <laughs> Last of the, the Mohicans? A... No. <laughs> the one where he's a fashion guy? I think that's Lincoln. He wears that big hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... No, you're right. I'm thinking of Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got a very like stylish, large hat. Yeah. You know no, for a second about? I thought I was thinking of the Phantom Thread, but <laughs> yeah, no. I was thinking of Lincoln. It's Lincoln, yeah. And yeah. I am like that. And I am a fashion perpetrator and not a fashion victim. Right. Um, thank you for saying so. <laughs> do you want to should we describe the novel, do you think? Yes. Um, so this week it has fallen to me to to be the first the first among us to to go over the top and do battle against this novel. Mm-hmm. To face our enemy, I mm. am the I am the cannon fodder that we have chosen this week to walk blindly into the fire of our enemy. Part. You get the easy part this week to take the bullet so that those behind me. You just have to look up a fucking movie live. synopsis on Rotten Tomatoes. No. I'm the one who have to actually like <laughs> go through and like describe no. the contents of the book. I no, I wrote this myself, <laughs> and I'm gonna read it now. Are you ready? Fine. Yeah, I'm okay. ready. I, this is, you really wrote this yourself? Yes, and this is what happened in this book. And you're okay. going to feel like an asshole when you hear it because I did right. write it. Okay, are you ready? Yes. <sighs> okay. Propelled to the top of the fashion world by a photogenic gaze she calls Blue Steel. Dimwitted teen model Stacy McGill thinks she's got a first consecutive win as princess of Bel Air's department stores in the bag. But when her rival, Harmony, unexpectedly takes the crown, Stacy is crushed. She becomes easy prey for fashion impresario Mrs. Maslin, who signs Stacy to star in her Bel Air's Fashion Week show, then brainwashes her to kill Malaysia's prime minister. Mm-hmm. Babysitter's Club mystery number 29, Stacy. And the fashion victim. And I think the fashion victim in this one is Malaysia's prime minister. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds 
familiar. Yeah, because you just read this one. You read, read it yesterday, book. and then you read, read a yesterday. couple of little sisters. And then I have today. read a couple of little sisters in preparation for tomorrow's tomorrow. record. But yeah. maybe that's why it's getting a little mixed up in your mind. I'm just a little foggy. Yeah. On some of the details. But it does sound. Yeah, Mrs. Maslin. Right, Mrs. Harmony. Stacy, and it's all about like modeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Could have done the Phantom Thread. I uh, could have done. Did you see the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? I saw the movie Drop Dead Fred. Okay, and that's what I meant. And I have seen that one. Yeah. And you could have done that one. He's like this girl's imaginary friend. Yep. Yeah. It came out in like 90. It's kind of like a 90, weird pervert. Five? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the type of movie they don't really make anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this one off. I don't know why we all saw it. Everyone had to see it. We all saw it. Yeah, why are you talking about it? It stuck with uh, me, that movie. I remember watching it. It's, a real we- it's like kind of sad, maybe? Yeah, it she is has sad to take, it's like, she's, she has to she's take getting to the age where like, she's pills maybe... or something that like make right, him die. Him, make him go away. Right, right, right. Yeah. But he is a little bit of a pervert, if I remember. Like, yeah. He like, looks at girls' underwear or something. Like that. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Brutal. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up Drop Dead Fred. And was he dead? Was he dead? He's her imaginary friend. I think Why is it called Drop Dead Fred? I think that's what his name is, but it's also what they want him to do. Because he, he's like f- fucking with this girl's brain. Oh, it's... Wait. And once you've looked it up, will you say why you wanted us to talk about it or or not or not at all? Um, well, I... Because you it, like his so fashion sense. You I think saw he's sequel. a fashion perpetrator. I saw a sequel to Drop Dead Fred called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, which is a movie about like yes. Dro- so I did a search for Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, and the first result is Drop Dead Fred funny scene, and I click it, and it's a YouTube video of him calling Phoebe Cates' mom a bitch. Okay, that's... and then he's looking. She she goes to the bathroom, and he's looking at her underpants. Oh, okay. As she's um, using the restroom, it's. Uh... Oh, I was gonna say. 91% like this movie of Google users. And I was like, oh, but it's 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you something about Google users versus the rest of the population. I think. Um, well, I don't know why all of us saw that movie. Anyway, yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a movie about beauty pageants. And it takes place in a fictional town either called Montrose, Minnesota or Rosemont, Minnesota. Okay. I can't remember which, but it, there is an actual town called Rosemont, Minnesota or Montrose, Minnesota, which is right near where I grew up. Okay, great. Thanks for bringing that up. And and Rick Mayall reprises his role as Drop Dead Fred in yep, it. And yeah. he's in it. Yep. Yeah. It's just kind of looking at at the fashion people's underpants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. You've seen it. I haven't seen it. I just was guessing. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, based on based on having seen the the um the original, what is Rick Mile up to? Okay, no, that's I think Nothing. that's probably what I think we've done a thing that sometimes we do, which is one step, one degree of Kevin Bacon too far for my. He's taste been in a lot of stuff from the novel, and that, Drop Dead what, Fred. But that's where you're at. Is talking about Rick Mail it. now. It's it's just one step too far from the novel, and we're gonna bring us back. And the way I'm gonna bring us back is by reaching into a pocket of time and undoing the fabric of the universe itself and uh in layman's terms it's called putting 60 seconds on this mysterious clock that i happen to have handy okay and during those 60 seconds i would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this am novel. I ready are you this? ready are you ready do you need a moment to collect yourself i am 
Taking a moment to meditate. Okay. I am attempting to, and I think maybe successfully attempting to, uh, just give me a second. Yes, I'm opening my third eye. Okay. That can be dangerous, but I know. effective when I've got and a mysterious I'm clock going at the same time. Gazing into the beautiful, brilliant white light mm-hmm. that is the clock, mm-hmm. mysterious clock. It helps if you realize... Okay, and I said something, and and Siri, Siri's trying to pull me back. Okay, don't listen to Siri. Siri is trying to pull me back in reality. Don't reach for but... Siri. Try to realize in a way that your whole body feels it, that there right. is no time, and that time is a construct. Do you get it? Oh, don't cry. Try not to cry. Can you see that? I'm ready. Okay. All right. I'm going to start this mysterious clock in five, four. <laughs> Okay, so Stacy is um, at Bel Air's for the daughter back to school. Daughter, uh, bring your daughter to work day. And a talent scout spots her and says, hey, you should be a model for Bel Air's catalog and do it now. And she says, yes, I'll do it. And she gets paid. And she goes and Koki is there and a bunch of model girls who are like pros in the industry. And... Uh, one girl named Harmony Sky uh, has a bout of poisoning. She's drinking some tea and she gets poisoned, and uh, that's the, and a mystery is afoot. So Stacy decides to try to solve the mystery, and then someone keeps writing on the mirror in lipstick, saying like, "You're all gonna die, models." And there's a boy called something Sinclair and he's the guy he's Bel Air and he's the guy's son and there's a prissy model who no one likes and Koki is there and crimes keep happening and it turns out it was Harmony all along because she wants to stop modeling and time perfect perfect a perfect description you nailed it right at the end you brought it home my god you're like Simone Biles up there (sighs) I wasn't sure whether you're gonna stick that landing and then boom yeah when you see the vast expanse of the universe or your third yeah. eye, everything kind of snaps into focus in a way that no mood-enhancing drug could ever right. help. It's very powerful. Um, great job. I love that. Uh, somebody's poisoning those models out there. They're get poisoning the models. Someone is poisoning the models. Yeah. I had a guess on who it was poisoning the models. Oh, yeah. And we have a segment for this. Oh, okay. Don't we? Um, yeah. Okay. One sec. Just a sec, though. You're just trying to see if Liz came with you? or Okay. It's probably more important to see if Liz came with you to the co-working space Uh, than to look up a sublime song. Wow, I've kind of run out of (laughs) sublime songs. If only it would have been fine to either not do one or just do the same one every time. If only that could have been okay. Or if it was something that you prepared, maybe. Okay, I got one. (laughs) Great. Uh, Liz... Can you step in here, please? Yes. Can you do the um, mystery song? Thanks. You're guessing the mystery. A mystery pressed between my lips, but I'm staring at his guess that it was the wrong one. Strong if I can, but I am only a man, so I take another guess. It's the wrong one. And that's pretty good, right? That was great. Yeah, it was dirty song. It. I'm, dirty I'm song. realizing now as I look at the 
I think Liz gets upset that she comes all the way over to your co-working space and every time you just ask her to play the one hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like show her up by doing another like yeah, off the cuff elegant and flawless sublime. Yeah. <laughs> um this is a segment where we say what we thought the solution to the mystery was going to be after chapter 5 and this was a hard one. Oh boy, was it a hard one. I think it was the hardest one ever. I like I had this real sinking feeling as I got to the end. Oh, I'll tell you my sinking feeling. Ellen Ellen fucked me on this. Okay, and take me on a journey. <laughs> I don't want to take you on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> you hate the journeys. <laughs> like the journey. I Ellen screwed me so bad. Chapter one through four, I was like, I have no idea what this take is. Take me be. on a journey. Practice your improv <laughs> skills. I don't want it. I don't <laughs> do it. Practice your improv skills. Okay. This is enriching. Uh, Elle and I were riding on a beautiful unicorn. Okay. Um, across a moonless plain. Okay. And dark or light? Uh, Probably dark if it's moon. It's dark but like shimmery. Okay. It's like you know that Nyan Cat video. Yep. It's that. Okay. But we're it's but beautiful. Okay. We're riding on a unicorn together. Yep. And uh. She's singing to me, into my oh, ear, beautiful, like a beautiful song. That sounds lovely. And uh, for the first four chapters, of this book. Mm-hmm. and as we can- we're cantering on the unicorn, and uh, that's like a slow sort of like trot, right? Yeah, and she pull, and then she pulls um, from behind her back. She pulls this like beautiful silver goblet. And it's and she and inside it is what seems like the essence of a rainbow, right? And she hands it to me to drink, and she says, and I all I can hear is her the most beautiful music of her voice, and the and the clip clop clip clop of the unicorn, which is the most beautiful animal I've ever seen on this moonless planet. She hands me the goblet in chapter five, and she says, drink of this. And it's sort of like entwined into the words of the song, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it sounds like I can't mimic it now, but it sounds right. like a melody, like the most beautiful melody I've ever heard. Like a thousand angelic voices. It's like this is what Bach heard and tried to transcribe, but couldn't get couldn't get it. Right. Um, drink of this and you will understand. You will know. And it's all I want in that moment is to drink from that goblet. Yeah. And I take it to my lips. I take a sip, and it something's wrong. Something's fucking wrong. Okay. And it tastes like it tastes like vomit. Okay. And I turn around, and it's not Ellen. It's the it's it is Ellen, but it's the devil. Okay. And she's like sort of she's turning into like this corpse. Yeah. D- just rotten. like rotten and ancient. Evil. Right. Yeah. And um, and she bites my head off, and then the unicorn dies. <laughs> Right, and she bites the unicorn's head off too. She did, but yeah, that's how it died. And that's how it died. Yeah, and it's, then it's, the darkness is actually wow. scary. You took me there, man. And that is what happened. That's right. it actually did literally happen, right? Because I don't do, I don't have any improv skills, so I could only draw on something that just happened to me yesterday. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what was your guess? <laughs> well. But so I was like, I guess the thing is going to be that this guy, Roger Belair, who is the son of the department store owner, right, did it because he's still in love with 
this girl, Cynthia, who's one right. of the models. And then right at the end of chapter five, Ellen, who fucking was like leading me down this garden path the whole time, was like, like Marianne is like, I guess maybe, what if it's Roger Belair? Cause he's still in love with Cynthia. And then like Stacy's like, no, it can't be that. Right. And I was like, now I've got nothing. Now I have nothing. And that's the thing about these books, because like once they reveal like a MacGuffin, you know that it's not going to be that. No, exactly. Ellen does this thing where she's like, it could be this or this or this. And it's like, okay, well, now I know it's not going to be any of those three things. But now I'm stuck fucking holding the bag here because there's like there's now I've got nothing. I had at least something that was going to be honorable. Yeah. I had the opposite problem. Yeah. My guesses lately have been a little like anemic. Yeah. And I've been, as you said recently, begging the question where I'll just sort of say, like, the mystery was that there was a mystery. Right. right. And it gets solved. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't take, I don't put myself out there. Yeah. So this time I said, all right, I'm going to guess what this fucking mystery is. Yeah. And here was my guess. All right. Okay. And I did a deep read. Yeah. And I was like, here's my fucking guess. I think Harmony probably will end up having an eating disorder that's making her weak. The mom will think that they're being sabotaged and go full Voorhees on all the other wow. girls. When it comes to a head, she'll learn about her daughter's eating disorder for the first time and have a heart-to-heart That with is her. a good guess. Right? That is a great guess and maybe would have been a better mystery. You know, the, the theme song of this bit, this segment... Mm. Yeah. It's really taken on new meaning because it's not like we're guessing the solution to the mystery. Lately, it's that we're literally guessing what the mystery might be. Right. We didn't even know what it, the mystery was going to be. Right. The mystery was that somebody's poisoning models and the person is Harmony who poisoned herself and did all of the other sabotage because she wanted her overbearing mom to stop making her be a model, which she didn't want to be. Right. And then there's this guy called Julio, who's like a red herring. There's a guy He's called Julio. There's Claudia's a guy called Dylan Trueheart, who's one of the top agents in yeah, modeling. sounds like a deep voice boy. You think I would? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, um, mm-hmm. ring, ring. Is it this phone? I think your phone's ringing. Should we, do you want me to pause? I actually think it's on your side. You think my phone's ringing? Yes. Well, should ring, I pause? Ring. or do you, want me to sh- you know what would be funny is if I answer it on like during the recording. We have a segment for that. Do you remember the cool like dubstep iPhone song that I found? Oh yeah, okay. It's good. called Yon's Calling. Oh yeah, it's usually Yon. <laughs> I've been texting uh, with Yon recently because he um, he really badly wants me to beat SteamWorld Dig Two. Is the phone still ringing? It seems like ring it's ring <laughs> ring ring. I guess I'll p- I'm going to pick it up and then we'll get back to this. Okay, ring ring. Um, ring, ring. I gotta ring, get. Ring. I just gotta get this. Um, and uh, okay. Uh, hello, hey, it's Jack. So I'm kind of recording a podcast. So Jack, <clears throat> Jack, um, Jack who? Hmm? Who was sorry? this? Who was sorry? Who is this? You sound. Who is this? Uh, you don't recognize my voice. Uh, oh, I do, but I like to. I like to hear you say your name in such a nice voice. It's um. Pandora, um, Crotch Thunder. <laughs> okay. Mm. And mm. surely you know my name, right? I'm a famous New York City fashion designer. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, yes. And so are you. Yes, I'm. And that's why I called you. D- D- Dylan Trueheart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Dylan Trueheart. Dylan. I am Dylan. Yeah, and this is Dylan Trueheart. Yes. Sorry, Jack is my stage name. Dylan. Baby. Um, I am down here in the sticks. Mm. Connecticut. Mm. It's a little town called Stony Brook. You've never heard of it. You won't find it on any map. Mm. I'm here trying to get your fashion line, True Heart Fashions, uh-huh. in department stores down here. Uh, good luck. I mean, Bel Air's is a tough nut to crack. Well, so that's the thing. Mm. I came down here. Our guys, our sellers, mm. you know, they would come down here all the time, and they would be like, I tell you what, we just can't get this fucking fashions in stores. And I'm like, well, let the big dog go down. Let Pandora go down and take, right. care, take care of things, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I'm down here, and I go and see this this buyer, mm. Maureen. Oh, Maureen McGill? Yeah. And I'm showing her your line, Dylan. Oh, wow. And I'm like, look at this stuff. Yeah. Look at what we have here. And I showed her um, the um, the blazer. Oh yeah, that you did with the smoky blue knit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the like the beautiful square white buttons kind of marching down the front, mm-hmm. And Maureen, yeah, Dylan, get this, turns to this girl, yeah, couldn't have been older than twelve, thirteen, okay, maybe her daughter. I think it was bring your daughter to work today or something, okay, and says, "What do you think of this?" What? And here's what she said. What? Well, so here's what Maureen said. Okay. What about these, she asked, pointing to the square white buttons marching down the front of the jacket. She looked doubtful. They're a little silly, I mused. They look like chiclets. What? Something more elegant. Maybe gold would be a lot better. Maureen turned to to me, (laughs) the sales rep, Mm. Pandora Crotch Thunder, Mm. and within a few minutes, I felt compelled to promise her that the jacket could be delivered with gold buttons. Okay. And then Maureen turns to this girl and says, you made the call uh, and gave her a little hug. And she said, because of you, everyone in Stony Brook will be wearing gold buttons this week. Oh, we, can't, we cannot have this. And I just wanted to relay this to you because I didn't have the spine, obviously, to stand up to this. But can this 13-year-old girl essentially showed up you, a famous New York fashion designer, and said, no, I'm, I choose something else. And now we have to go back to the factories in... I went to, to fashion school for 15 years. I know. To figure out how to make those buttons march up and down a blazer. I know. I was your professor for a lot of that. And I do remember that. <laughs> at, fashions, at, at, at fashion school, New York fashion school. Right. I was there with you. Nifty. Uh, and to have a teen? A, a teen? teen. From some backwater city in the nowheresville. Tell you what, I know a couple of guys out. Is it near anywhere near Stony Brook, uh, Connecticut? It's a tiny little town. In Connecticut. Well, I did say at the beginning of this, it was Stony Brook. It was Stony Brook. Yeah. It was. Okay. Well, that's perfect because I know a couple guys who have a, a startup down there. Oh. Uh, that employs a lot of thirteen-year-olds at the sea level. Uh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, good, good buddies of mine. The Goliath, You're saying we should pivot, Mark, and uh, this guy Rich. Okay. Maybe we could get this Stacy girl out of the fashion business and into the babysitting business and off uh-huh. of our case. Uh-huh. That's what I'm thinking. Or mm. bring her on. I don't know. She's putting gold on my blazers. Did you hear what Maureen said? 
<laughs> Everyone's <laughs> going to be in gold. Well, and as goes Stony Brook, so goes um, <laughs> Southwestern Connecticut. All right. Well, this has been illuminating. And seen, seen it. Oh, yes. thank God. Okay. Well, it turns out that was an important call. Yeah. I'm glad I took oh, it. Oh, I'm glad you're back. Yeah. I only heard your side of it. Yeah. Did you tell that guy your name was Dylan Trueheart? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> that's just what I, I thought yeah. I heard that. Must have been a bad connection. Um, great, great. That's great. I'm glad that I'm glad that's what we have talked about. Um, we're getting close to time where it might be time to take a break, I think. Uh, okay, if you think so. What do you think? And then I don't care. maybe we could review the novel? Sure. Okay. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh go check it out learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash bedfellows see you there well not me but have fun It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tanner, we got to pay the piper here. We've been leading a merry dance, talking about this book, enjoying each other's company, enjoying the delightful prose of Ellen Miles, the antics of these girls we've come to know so well. But there's a bill that has come due, and that bill is to our overlord, and it is Tim Cook, and Tim Cook does need us to review this book for him. Okay. You think that's wise? I think that we have no choice. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like it. Do you like it? It's horrible. 
It's the most, it. it's the scariest and most intense part of my week. Um, but once Tim gets his claws into you, and Jeff, and Jeff Bezos, and uh, we do like to review these books on iBooks and also on Goodreads. Goodreads. Uh, yep. And and once you got Tim and Jeff breathing down your neck, let me tell you, it's not pretty. Not pretty. They're the two most powerful men in America. Yeah. Do you know the next book is called Christie and the Mystery Train? <laughs> a train? Yeah, train. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, what's his name? Agatha Christie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Ellen ran out of ideas and she was just like, uh, yeah, they're going on a train through China. <laughs> <laughs> and someone is murdered. Most foul. <laughs> Oh, I hope that's what it is. Um, we got to review this book for Tim. Okay. And I'm in. And I've I've hit four stars. Okay. And that's perfect because it is a Stacy book. book. We'll and Stacy is the worst. Yeah. Four stars. And then Tim has come out and he says, it's good. Tim is like, it's good. It's good. It feels clipped to me because there's no punctuation. It just says, right. it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, uh, write a review. Four stars. It's good. Here we go. Okay, let's get this right. Let's keep this tight. Oh, God, that sounds good. Um, Stacy and the fashion victim. Let's think of fashion things. Okay, so we just want to get a nice title to draw someone in. My so- passion is fashion. Mm, that's good. I love the Her one. passion mm. is crime. Okay, that's great. And that, you want that to be the title? Yep. Her passion is all caps for crime or just crime? All caps. All caps. Great. And now we're in the review. And we should say who we mean by her. Harmony Sky. Although. Well, so oh, wait. Put, that's giving it away. That's a spoiler. Spoiler. The perpetrator in this book. The fashion perpetrator in this book. Mm-hmm. Is... The one whose passion is crime. Is the one whose, that's perfect, because it calls back to the title, whose passion is crime. The fashion perpetrator in this review. Great. In this review. Is Jack Shepard with his docked T, which he's converted into a um, tank. Is converted into a And then tank. this isn't ascending tricola, so and the fashion perpetrator mm-hmm. at in So here's what I'm wondering. Society. Should we should be pandering and we should say the fashion perpetrator at Apple was Steve Jobs, rest in peace with his Oh black. that's pretty good. Do you think that And then Tim would be like, I think he, Tim would he like was that? bad at, at fashion. It's risky. Right? Okay, so we can say that. Okay, I'm I'm open to that. Or the fashion perpetrator in society is the current fashion. Is the friends for, we make along the way? Well, I was thinking that we could get political and say like the current fashion for like always looking at your phones. And Remind not, me at the very beginning of the sentence how we started the the fashion perpetrator in this book is the one. Who's and then let's stop crime. there. Yeah, scintillating novel. Oh, thank you for catching that. That's great. Okay, so what do you want? To, how do you want to end this? Do you want to end this with Steve Jobs, or do you want to end this with like the fashion? We, we can end it with Steve Jobs. Let's end it with Steve Jobs, and then let's make a social point, and I'll, I'll make it. Okay, and you can come along with me. The fashion perpetrator at Apple 
is Steve was 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 Steve Jobs with his endless black turtlenecks. Black. And then maybe black. Black turtlenecks. And then maybe winky. Black turtlenecks. Looking at you, Tim. Right, Tim? Look, right, so, Tim. Yeah, right, Tim? Right, Tim. And do you want an Question emoji? Mark, winky? Winky. Okay. No, no, no. Not winky. That's not the right attitude. Upside down smiley face. Upside down smiley face. Yeah. Because that, that, you can always... There's, there's plausible deniability with an upside down smiley face. Yep. So we've got scintillating novel out of the way. We've got the tricola out of the way. I want to talk about like the like we're all fashion victims now. We're victims of the fashion for playing violent video games. We're victims of the fashion for uh, texting too much. We're victims. We're all we're all stars in the dope show. Am I right, Marilyn? What do you think? Do you think that's too much? I think it's good. This book, this, scint- oh, this scintillating novel, scintillating, Double scintillating novels. novel reminds us that we're all fashion victims in this day and age. Yes. We are victims of the fashion for, what do you like? What's something that you feel victimized by? Te- teens? Teens just saying whatever they like? Teens I hate that. Teens okay. don't talk to me. Okay. What do I feel victimized by? When does Jamie do anything that bothers you? You know what I don't like? What? Taxes, am I right? Okay. The fashion for taxes? Is that taxation? Without representation? No, I'm res- I I have representatives. Oh, okay. You don't them. live in DC, I guess. Shout out to my DC folks. Taxation without representation. Switz so on the license plate. You know that. Okay. Fashion for so not taxes teens. No, I don't like pink. I I just don't have. I have no. I have zero interaction with teens. I don't know why you think I'm always interacting with teens. Okay, what about people who are always texting? I have no problem with that. Okay, what about um? How about the friends we made along the way? So we're victims of the fashion for the friends we made along the way. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm just falling back on old standbys. You put me on the spot. I don't know what I'm victimized by. I pay taxes and I don't like it. Okay. This insulating novel. I understand the need for it. Don't think I'm saying like I don't want to pay taxes. I'm gladly pay taxes. I contributing to schools and roads and firefighters and welfare and all this stuff. Okay. This insulating novel reminds us that we're all fashion victims in this day and age. That doesn't mean that doesn't. I think we had a good tricola there. We're fashion victims too. Teens, taxes, yeah. and the friends we made along the way. Okay. Two teens. We're fashion victims. I like the repetition of that. We're fashion victims to taxes. And we're fashion victims to the friends we made along the way and who stabbed us in the back. How about victims to the friends we've made and lost along the way i want to say we're victims to the fashion for do you see we're victims to the fashion for teens for we're victims to the fashion on teens this week (laughs) (laughs) to the fashion hang up on teens for taxes yeah and we're victims to the fashion for friends we made along the way friends we made and lost along the way 
for friends we made and lost. Okay, great. Uh, but while this scintillating novel is an important reminder that fashion is not a victimless crime, good. it is also a testament. When I get lost in a sentence, I, I tend to fall back on a testament. That's good. That's, That's a, a useful, good thing to That's fall a, back on. That's a useful tip to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you get lost in a long sentence, you, you can find find test reach for testament, yeah. and you can't go, you can't stray too far. I say, from I say in the Lord's homage. light, an homage. Yeah. It is also a pastiche a testament to the harsh truth that I feel like you're doing a lot of heavy lifting this week. While it might be fashionable. Remember earlier you said, I'm, I'm no good at improv. That's what you said. <laughs> is that how I said it? Yeah. While it might be fashionable, it is never a good idea to smoke cigarettes. Okay. And now we're getting to the real meat of the issue. One yeah. of us here is a smoker. The other one is <laughs> no. not. No. The meat, of, I thought, the meat of the issue is that there's a B plot in this book. Jack... So, okay. Baby Nation, yeah, okay. Riddle Babies, Jack historically has done smoking in his life, and I yeah. am notoriously a non-smoker. Yeah. Um, so, but, this is something that kind of, <laughs> it's a point of tension between us. Right. Uh, yeah, and you've grasped onto the wrong thing that I need you to fill in. Yeah. I really need you to come with me, or at least agree with me or acknowledge that a large portion of this book that we haven't talked about in any way yet. Is about smoking. Um, is it? <laughs> it's not even though. There's so oh, much... the B plot, the entire B plot. <laughs> I literally <laughs> forgot about the entire B plot until just now. Okay. The entire B plot is that the Dewitt Barrett kids yeah. uh, see that uh, what's his face Dewitt is smoking, and they decide to try smoking. And Abby catches them and makes them commit to never smoking again and then christy has another great idea and does the great american smoke out um and actually that can i interrupt the review real quick just to say Mm -hmm. that christy kind of indirectly applies that implies that stony brook is not in america right um i wish daddy would quit cigars said karen i mean i bet if he could go a little while without one he'd see that he didn't really need them at all uh, like the great American smokeout, said Christy, musing. The what? asked David Michael. It's this day planned by a group called the American Lung Association, explained Christy. They had an assembly about it at school last year. What they do is ask all smokers all around the country not to, uh, to promise not to smoke for one whole day. Why isn't there a great Stony Brook smokeout? Karen asked. Oh, interesting. So Karen sort of indirectly implies that. Stony Brook is not in America and that it is a country. By the law yep. of parallel construction. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So that's something we should probably keep an eye on. Uh, but yes, there's a whole B-plot around. And I've, I've written that. Yes, that's this. right. The entire B-plot of this book is that the DeWitt Barrett kids see Mr. DeWitt smoking and go on a crusade to end it. Please don't smoke. So I would say here, I would say here, mm-hmm. take it from me, a lifelong smoker. <laughs> Who okay. regrets every cigarette he's ever had. Please don't smoke. Please. Been a yeah. while since we hit 
Smoke. Jack the Smoker. Great. Yeah, no, I love it, and I do love it. And it's <laughs> been too... I would say that it's been too long. Um, okay, great. Is there anything else you want to hit about this novel, or do you feel like we... Um, oh, we should say that um, we would have given this scintillating novel... Five stars. Had it been any other babysitter. But while it may not be fashionable... It's good. ...to say so, we both feel as if we were victims of Stacy this week. Yep. Anything else you'd like to say? Like okay. Daniel Day-Lewis's character in Lincoln. In Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, sorry, to quote Daniel Day-Lewis's character in Lincoln, I should say, right? In the fashion movie Lincoln. We really should have investigated this movie, Phantom Thread, because there's a character called Alma. Oh, really? And it's about fashion. That's weird. To keep my sour heart from choking, to break a curse, a house that does not change is a dead house. And that's actually very close to a actual Lincoln quote, I think, about like a house divided. Okay. I hope this made sense. Who Lots you of love. You're saying that's me? To the um, people reading this review. Lots okay. of love, Jack Shepard and Tanner. P.S. We love this one. Yep. Can I read this back to you? I would. Okay. Four stars. My passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. Okay. That's the, great. Uh, it's such a great start. The fashion perpetrator in the scintillating novel is the one whose passion is crime. I'm going to say this. Okay. Title. Yep. Stacy's passion is fashion. Okay. I don't think we need to introduce me and you as characters in this. Stacy's passion is fashion. And now it says Stacy's passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So shall we go back to my? Stacy's passion is fashion. My passion is crime. That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is my passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. I would say her passion okay. <laughs> is fashion. Okay. Her passion is crime. And I guess it'll just leave it up to the reader to figure out okay. which her is who. Okay, great. And that's going to make a ton of sense for folks. Her passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. And I would say her passion okay. is fashion. And then the second one, her, H, yeah, capital H-E-R. Okay. Okay. That makes doesn't help it at all. Yeah. Her passion is fashion. Her passion is crime. Yes. Great. Okay, you're happy with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. The fashion perpetrator in the scintillating novel is the one whose passion is crime. The fashion perpetrator in this review is Jack Shepard with his docked tea, which he's converted into a tank. And the fashion perpetrator at Apple was Steve Jobs with his endless black turtlenecks. Black turtlenecks. Right, Tim? Upside down smiley face. This scintillating novel reminds us that we are all fashion victims in this day and age. We're victims to the fashion for teens. We're victims to the fashion for taxes. And we're victims to the fashion for friends we made and lost along the way. That's good. But while the scintillating Poetic. novel... Yeah, it is, isn't it? But while the scintillating novel is an important reminder that fashion is not a victimless crime, it is also a testament to the harsh truth that while it might be fashionable, it is never a good idea to smoke cigarettes. Yes, that's right. The entire B-plot of this book is that the DeWitt Barrett kids see Mr. DeWitt smoking and go on a crusade to end it. Take it from me, a lifelong smoker who regrets every cigarette he's ever had. Please don't smoke. 
We would have given this to uh, Glenn. Okay. Stop there. Yeah. Please don't smoke tobacco. Tobacco. Great. Okay. And, and then maybe and, like a... And a winky. And I would do like maybe a leaf emoji and a winky. Okay, great. Um, and I've done like a leaf emoji. Because uh, this podcast is 420 friends. Can I do this one that's called Leafy Greens? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's just uh, a bowl of salad. It looks like a lettuce. But it's called Leafy Greens and then a winky. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to come to that. And um, after Should we say review. the podcast is 420 friendly? Okay. I'll say this podcast is... Podcast is for. Do you do a? You just say four twenty. No, you just say four two zero. Yeah. Okay. We would have given this scintillating novel five stars had it been any other babysitter, but while it may not be fashionable to say so, we both feel as if we were victims of Stacy this week. Mm-hmm. To quote Daniel Day Lewis's incredibly fashionable character in the fashion movie Lincoln, "To keep my sour heart from choking, to break a curse, a house that does not change is a dead house." I hope this made sense. Lots of you see why I put that in there now. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> Lots of love, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. What if I ended every like sentence I said with? I hope that made sense. It would be useful. Lots of love, Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this one. This one. Yeah. Happy with that? Love it. Love, it. love okay. this one. Okay. This review. I've hit some. Um, okay, so since we now we hit... take a break, right? No, no, I feel like I need a break after that <laughs> review. Um, but since we hit this topic a little bit in the review, I feel like I would like to talk about it a little bit more. The B plot, I, Ellen gets on some this real anti smoking thing, which I don't know, whatever. Everybody smokes in this. The crime teens smoke, the, mo- the crime models smoke, Watson smokes. He never smoked before, but now he smokes. He's, he smokes cigars. Mr. DeWitt smokes. And then Christy is great. At, Christy's not really in this that much. This is a novel that's like mostly Stacy, and then the B plot is kind of shoehorned in. It's a very internal novel. And. The B plot is that Christy decides that everyone needs to stop smoking, and she heard about this thing where, like, on one day, everyone who's a smoker just tries not to smoke for that day. And so she puts flyers all around Stony Brook announcing the great Stony Brook smoke out. <laughs> yeah. I assume that it's on 420. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and everybody's into it. Chris, I went to like, school in Boulder, Colorado, and we had a great American smokeout yeah. every April twentieth. And everyone would go to the quad, and they would turn on the sprinklers to try to keep us all from smoking. But we but, would smoke anyway. And everybody would just like not smoke cigarettes that day. We would not smoke any cigarettes. <laughs> that day. Yeah. I just. I just found it really sweet. Like, the, like Chrissy is even like, oh, I'm surprised at how well this is working. Everybody's super excited about these flyers <laughs> that I'm passing out. Like, hey, tell all your friends about the great Stony Brook smoke out. <laughs> People are, like, coming in from out of town. <laughs> They're, like, coming down from Vermont. Even Aunt Cecilia is like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in this. <laughs> I'm going to go check my petunias, <laughs> which is her cover. Yeah. For going uh, to smoke a cigarette. Good. That's yeah, all. Great American Smoke Out, yeah. not in a Great Stony Brook uh, Smoke Out is not in, in America. Yeah, and um, Stony Brook's not and no, and this is an important piece of lore and we've we have glossed it over and I think that Anne and Pete and Ellen and the entity and Nola and Suzanne have all kind of glossed over it as well. Uh Stony Brook is not in America and Stony Brook is a country. QED, right? Yeah. I'm looking at my notes now and I'm yeah. realizing that there's a lot of sort of like 
um, how do I say this? Weed, just weed. I, I'd re- I'd rather not. There's sort of a lot of be that uh, 420 it. friendly metaphors in okay. this book. That's great. Yeah, especially around a lot of the stuff Stacy was saying about fashion. Yeah. So Stacy um, is at Bel Air's <laughs> and she sees kind of the fall lineup right. that's coming in, and she uh-huh. says. Just seeing a brown tweed skirt can make me think of the crisp fall days and new notebooks and the smell of burning leaves. Okay. And so I see you're okay. coated. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. And then her mom says, do you like this jacket, Stacy? Uh, do you like this jacket, Stacy? Her mom said, holding out a blazer. Oh, that's funny. And then in a this... smoky blue knit. Okay. And then Stacy says, legalize it. Yeah, and she says legalize it. So there's a yeah. lot of weed stuff in this one. <laughs> there is. Yeah. And I think, what book is it? No, it's not book 420. I thought maybe there was a chance. <laughs> you thought there was a chance that this was the 420th yeah. mystery that we read? It's not. It's not. <laughs> That's the problem with the Death March. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the other problem with the Death March is you start to, you, you really hone in on things. Can I read this note to you? Yeah, please. Just as I wolfed down the last bite of cereal, my mom glanced at her watch. Whoa, she said. Time to go. She threw back her last gulp of coffee while I put my bowl in the sink. Then she grabbed her That's another weed reference. And that's and then she, so she did do she finished smoking her weed and she put the bowl in the sink. Then she grabbed her pocketbook and I grabbed my mini backpack and we flew out the door. Is Stacy tiny? <laughs> Mini backpack. Yeah, why else would you have a mini backpack? Why do you backpack? have to specify that it's a mini backpack unless you're like a tiny... Like Stacy's like a uh, the borrower. Thumbelina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a Stuart Little. Right. I think she might be tiny. She must be. Why else would you have a mini backpack? Unless it's the... Maybe it's the drugs that just sort of make her feel that way. Oh, it's like an Alice, Alice in Wonderland type yes, of thing? Yes, exactly. She's, she, it was an opium bowl that she <laughs> <laughs> she likes she thinks she's picking up like a backpack with her like finger and thumb and her mom's just like what watching are you her, doing like slowly and carefully like picking up her bag she's like oh my god look how big this backpack is <laughs> her mom's like stacy get in the car uh, i'm taking you to rehab while we're talking about things you hone in on i found a profound and troubling message to me and you from Ellen in this novel. Okay. And I would like to read it to you. And it was very scary. As we death march our way to the end of these <laughs> mysteries and to the end of these books, here's what Ellen fucking Miles wrote in this book. It was Tuesday afternoon, and while I was dealing with the fashion show's sabotage, Christy was enjoying the sun while she babysat for her younger siblings and step-siblings. They were all hanging out in the huge Thomas Brewer yard. Christy was lying in the fresh new grass under the apple tree, which happened to be in bloom, feeling, she told me later, as if the spring day had been made just for her. Birds were chirping, bees were buzzing, lilacs were scenting the soft air. Sounds like a Dylan Thomas poem, first of all. And Ellen is telling us to listen to the buzzing of these bees, to lie in a field, and wait for the fucking birds to take us. Yep. 
and it's rude to say that to someone before they're ready. Uh, I think we have expressed nothing but readiness. Yeah, no, that's true. For this. She's telling us it's going to be okay. She's not telling us. She's warning us. She's saying, she's preparing us. She's saying, boys, writing is on the wall for these dang books. Yeah, and for you. I'm contracted to write another six of these or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then they're going to bring Jeannie Betancourt to, to fucking finish it out. Yep. And and so you better get your affairs in order. Yeah, yeah. Find a nice nice soft spot to lay in. That's very scary. You want to hear something else that's fucking scary? Is it your burn? No. Okay. <laughs> what is you ready? It? Yes. Listen to this. You ready? Are you sure you're ready? Yes. It's very scary. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Don't say it anymore, you. I peek through the crack between the door and the frame. So this is when Stacy is like staking out the bathroom to see who perpetrated, who's like writing scary messages on the mirrors and lipstick. Yep. I peek through the crack between the door and the frame, careful not to move or make any sound at all. It was hard to see, but there was definitely someone standing in front of the mirror. I was holding my breath, and I'm sure my friends were holding theirs too. Then I heard this little sound, just a tiny snick. Okay, it was Wolverine. And I bit my lip. Was that the sound I was waiting for? And it was Wolverine. It was Wolverine. Yeah. And that, if, so if if it turns out that Wolverine was the guy doing it the whole time, yeah. you do not want to cross Wolverine. No! He will end That's it. a mystery you don't want to solve. No. No. Do you remember when the Civil War happened in the Marvel Universe and... Because um, they wouldn't sign the Wachovia. What's his face blew up Stamford, Connecticut. Literally blew up yes. Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yes. Wolverine's whole plot line in that entire thing. So everyone was like, "We're all going to fight and do like battles against each other, and it's going to be Captain America versus Iron Man. We're all going right. to take sides." And Wolverine the whole time, Marvel's literally most popular character, was like, I have no part of this. Yeah. My whole thing is solving the mystery of why Stamford, Connecticut blew up. Right. And he went on a one-man solo mission, detective. It's a lot like a mystery. Is that true? Yeah. And it, and then, and at some point he ended up in a, the bathroom of a modeling contest? Yeah. Wow. Because he like followed the trail from Stamford to Stony Brook. Yeah. And thought he like found the perpetrator and was trying to like flush them out, but he just passed through this novel. Yep. Snick, snicked, and snick is, is what he says when his uh, yep. Saturday his night calls come out. Oh, taunt! Okay. Thou art sick. Yeah. A very good burn that stings you so right a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to. Call the burn unit. I just did that from memory. Very good. Yeah. And it is our burn of the week. And it's where we talk about uh, the burns in this book. There weren't a lot. It was a desert. It was a, it's a desert. A scorched desert of burns this week. Yeah. And I had to. I read the entire book and I had to do a tactic I don't like falling back on, which is searching the text for laughed <laughs> or joked. Oh, that's brutal. I must admit that as much as her huge appetite for gossip bugged me, it did come in handy that day. Koki had made it her priority to find out everything that there was to know about the important people in that room. Oh, Koki's in this one, but she's not really. They just yeah. put her in it. She doesn't do it. She's anything. like a fellow model. Yeah. And by the end of the meeting, she'd made sure to fill me in on everything. I almost missed her at rundown, though, because I had started our conversation by insulting her accidentally. 
What are you doing here, I asked. I was simply surprised to see her. What's that supposed to mean? That I'm not pretty enough to be a model, Koki said, glaring. No, I. that's not what I meant, I exclaimed, blushing. And that's that's it. That's, that's it? it. That's the deepest burn. I that's it. Yeah. It's, it's a barren desert of burns this week. Wow. Did you find something better? I found something better on Koki. Okay. Tell me. Claudia was just going to tell me about a new suspect, I said. Who? Marianne asked eagerly, forgetting about the notebook. His name's Dylan Trueheart, said Claudia. Why did that name ring a bell? He's some kind of agent, she continued. Then I remembered. He's the guy who discovered Koki, I said. Claudia gave a little snort. Figures, she said. From what I hear, he's desperate for clients. Maybe he's trying to make the other models look bad, so Koki, his client, looks good in comparison. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. If he thinks anything he does could make Koki into a supermodel, he's seriously out to lunch. Yeah, it's a uh, d- d- barren desert of burns this week. I've got one more. Okay, and this is a burn on Roger. These Beller. are like what you're. So what we're doing now, yeah. little babies, is we're desperate, dehydrated, clawing our way through the desert, and yeah. what we're finding are these like little sh- pockets. It's like you find a cactus and there's like a little bit of like moisture in it, but like when you tip it up, like you can't even get it in your mouth. Right. You like pour it out and it de- it like fizzles out in the hot sun before it even hits your tongue. Okay. Well, I th- why don't you tell that to Roger Belair? Okay. Because I spent all my time watching Mister Studio Girl. Mister, what's going on? I'm trying to read it. It's in Jesse's fucking handwriting. Okay. No, I don't read that shit. <laughs> I spent all my time watching Mr. I'm the Boss's Son, and I can tell you one thing for sure. He may not be our prime suspect, but he's definitely a prime jerk. Okay. <laughs> and so we, we pull the shrub out of the desert, <laughs> and, and it's... we crack into its roots, and we suck on the roots <laughs> to get a little bit of moisture out of it. Because it's full, it's full of, it's, he's a prime jerk. Yeah, he's a prime jerk. Tanner! Speaking Jesse. Okay. The device of this week's chapter two mm-hmm. was that it's bring your daughter to work day so stacy in introducing all the characters says what everyone's mom's job is oh yeah and it gives us a little bit of mom watch because we we discover the jobs of some of these moms who maybe we previously didn't know Great. notably mm. jesse ramsey's oh yeah what does Je- what does mrs ramsey do jesse's mom is in advertising Ah, great. And that's Mom Watch. And this has been Mom Watch, (laughs) and you thought that it was Slim Pickens with the burns, and then we gave you a juicy little nugget right at the end there. Jesse's mom is in advertising, and and we will leave you with that tasty little morsel because it's time to go and to leave. Okay. I would like to thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. I would like to thank the Riddle Babies for bearing with us. I would like to encourage you to check out our Patreon page. Have a look. Me? Not you, the listeners. I'm already a subscriber. The listeners, you're not. You just use my account. No, I use my account. Do you? Does that mean that I'm getting five dollars a mo- some half of five dollars a month from you? You're getting half of five dollars a month from me. I use my own account. That's great for me to, to know. Yeah, and I do like to know that. Um, but for just five dollars a month, you get a whole new show. Patreon.com dot com slash bscc podcast. 
Uh, check it out. We have a whole new show, and we sing the descriptions. It's about the little sister books. Jack did a very good song. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. It, well, it, when everyone, this comes out, it'll have been a couple weeks ago. But. Everyone lost their dang minds over it, and he did Snow's Informer, and he did it all about a little sister book. Called Karen Snow Day, and so it's very doesn't difficult. Yeah. Want you to go and spend five dollars? I don't know what will. Yeah, and Snow, if you're listening to this, uh, hit us up. Hit us up. You can be on the show. I just spent a lot of time on Wikipedia today trying to figure out whether Snow did do the crime that he sings about. Yeah. You texted me last week, pretty blown away that Snow had the song of the summer. What the fuck is that? He's back. A billion views. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He's bigger than ever. Yeah. Informer doesn't have a billion listens, that's for sure. No, it doesn't. But this new song that's called Concalma. Yeah, you liked it, though. It's good. I liked it because I like Informer. Right. Um, that's not what we're here for. What we're here for is to say, please do buy our merch. It's at bit.ly slash BSCC merch and rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. This week we read a book called I Don't Know, and next week we're going to see. So, okay, so I don't know why. No, it's not helpful. It would have been if you had if you had taken the reins there, that would have been Christy and the Orient Express. Yeah, this week we read a novel that was called Stacy and the Fashion Victim. Next week we're reading a novel called Christy and the Mystery Train. Right. (laughs) I have been Jack Shepard this week. My name is Tanner Greenring. And please do remember to round off the quarters in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had boys just, had just been, been in bed. Someone is just, like, really very into having their hands dry tonight. Yeah. Someone de- wants their hands to be desperately dry tonight here in the co-working space. Oh, okay. They're just drying their hands. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Lady Macbeth. It's like a modern Lady Macbeth. <laughs> I thought it was alone here. <laughs> it is almost 10 p.m. It's a, it's a ghost of a modern creepro Lady Macbeth who's just, like, frantically drying her hands. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.